0: Quit a job, ever redefined yourself within one, ever started something in one big or failed. Quit is a call in show, hopefully helping people sort out their lives, reevaluate their options, kick their crummy corporate stooge jobs to the curb, and start something awesome. I'm Dan Benjamin. It's time to quit. Got a couple special guests with me today Andy Bio, Andy McMillan. Introduce them here in a second. By the way, it's Wednesday. June 18th. This is our 28th episode. We have two sponsors, which we'll tell you about later, too, Squarespace and Shutterstock. Let's get started. How are you guys doing? Okay. So, for people who don't know who they I don't know, how could they, how could they not know who they How these could they not know? Are? I don't know. How could they not know? We've got we'll we'll just we'll start alphabetically. Okay. Annie Bio. How are you?
1: I'm fantastic.
0: Now, how do we who how do we introduce you? There are so many things that this guy has done. and yeah,
1: it's, a, it's a funny thing. People people that uh, know me in one realm for, for something I've done have no idea of the, some, some of the other things I've done. I mean, yeah, it's sort of all over the place. I mean, I tend to split my time between, between doing writing on uh, on my personal site, Waxy.org, which I've been running for 10 years. I write about internet culture and various other things. And then programming where I've done a bunch of... Uh, things like, uh, I did upcoming.org, which yeah. was the event calendar that was acquired by Yahoo. And A little thing called
0: Kickstarter. You, you had something to do with.
1: I did. I helped, uh, helped get Kickstarter off the ground. I was, uh, originally an advisor and board member, came on board as CTO, hired the technical team, get the whole thing going, been working with them since the beginning. And then I do other things like, uh, you know, I produced an album. <laughs> called kind of, kind of kind bloop. Of, kind of bloop. I, uh, I, coined the term supercut and I run, I run a site called supercut.org that compiles all those things. I run a site called Playfic that lets people write and share interactive fiction. I just, yeah, I do a bunch of stuff. And then XOXO.
0: XOXO, which is something that, you know, who knows, we might even talk a little bit about because <laughs> also sitting in with us, there's a, a different Andy, a whole different guy. A whole nother Andy. Not the same person. That's Hattie uh, Cook and uh, sitting in on, on the show, my producer. And both of us went
2: to XOXO last year. Andy McMillan, how are you? Uh, I'm very well. Apparently we are lying. So I am very, very well indeed. and not at all busy or stressed. No. Everything is a-okay. No reason for you to be
0: stressed. I mean, nothing's nothing <laughs> big is about to happen or anything like nope. that. No. We no couldn't possibly. No. <laughs> nothing at all. Uh, now, Annie McMillan, I apologize because I have not, um, uh, we've never done, I never interviewed you On the pipeline, which was an interview show that it's not like I won't say that it's done because, you know, I'm still we're still doing those shows occasionally, but you have been on other shows. You were on two other shows. You're on the big web show number 12, which was a show that uh, Jeffrey Zeldman does now on his own that I used to do with him. And you're also on the Daily Edition number 36, apparently. Uh, yeah, but do you not remember it? It was I don't, I uh, don't. It's a
2: magnificent time. I'm sure for it was.
0: Bottom. You don't remember. And Andy Bio, I interviewed, I did interview on the pipeline for 40, 40 wonderful minutes uh, back in November of uh, 2010. And that one and I, I remember also.
1: I was really happy with that interview.
0: I'm glad I'll put both of those in the show notes. People can go to the show notes by, at five by five slash quit slash twenty eight. And, you know, normally this show is about like quitting your job and starting, or not necessarily quitting your job, but starting something awesome. Uh, and and that's what you guys have done. I just want to kind of jump in and tell people about XOXO because I know you guys have, you've already announced the dates of the event and and people are anxiously awaiting when the, the tickets will go on sale because last year this thing was off the hook. it sold out. and all I've, I have been, I don't know if you guys know this, you probably don't know this. But I have been single-handedly telling all of the people that I know just as as much as I can, shaming them for not going last year and encouraging them to go this year. This was one of the. If I know you don't want me to call it a conference, you unconference isn't the best word. What do we call this thing? A festival, right? It's a festival, yeah, and, festival. Com-
1: it's, and conference. I mean, but yeah, it's a. It is. A, I mean, it's too big. It's two big parts. It is a. It's the conference, which is two days of talks from. From artists and technologists, uh, and it is—it's uh, a festival, which is a, a number of events going around uh, on around Portland, including, you know, we we put on a concert, film screenings, video game arcade, uh, big market, food trucks, and a whole bunch of other stuff ties into that.
0: It was so much fun, and we went. I I found out about it. Um, I think Hattie was Scott Beal.
2: That told us that about it. told us it, yeah. about it after so the too. fact.
0: And I freaked out because, of course, I found out about it right after the tickets were sold out. And it turned out there were some people who, for whatever reason, they, they couldn't go. And we wound up buying, like, secondhand tickets. And you guys helped with that. And we were able to go. And it – was it in September of last year? I think so. Yep. so, yeah. Yeah, and this year it's going to be September 19th to the 22nd. Mm-hmm. It is in Portland, Oregon, Tolerant, Oregon and it quite quite a great time and the speakers that you had last year were some of the best and it was the weirdest thing and this is what i tell people when they're like oh why should i you know why should i go to this what's going on who's there uh who's talking and 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 what i would say is like the people that i hope this doesn't sound bad guys but the people that were in the audience were as amazing as the people that were on stage Mm -hmm. like anyone in the audience could have gotten up on stage and done an amazing talk and anyone on stage could have, you know, later would come and sit next to you and you'd be like, these are the people, man. Like, how did you guys decide to do this and put it together? And, and how did you two start working together? I mean, explain the genesis of this thing, because that's something that that story, I don't think a lot of people know that story.
2: Well, obviously uh, it's success was completely planned from day one. <laughs> of course. Of course. We, knew, we knew that it was going to be a huge success and uh, that everyone would leave very happy. And uh, you should not also forget to invoice us for your uh, commission. Because oh, it sounds like you have sold yeah. uh, quite a few passes. Well, it's for a pre-sales uh, if effort, so we'll see if it pans well, out. I actually love uh, telling the story about um, how Andy and I got together. Um, Andy... Uh, quite famously got in a little bit of uh, legal trouble over kind of bloop for the uh, derivative or what I don't know I'm going to end up offending him probably but for the uh, for the album artwork for the project and uh, this was all sort of happening the the blog post that he wrote about that experience was published the first time I was ever in Portland and the the day that that happened, obviously the internet just exploded. Um, I remember that very vividly. Yeah. Just constant, everyone was talking about what had happened. And uh, I was staying with a friend and I went back um, after getting a little bit of work done and said, right, okay, what are we going to do this evening? We're in Portland, we're going to have a good time. And uh, the plan of attack was Andy Bayo needed a drink. He had had a very stressful day and we were going to <laughs> go into the city. And, and uh, I had never met Andy before. We were going to go and meet up with Andy Bayo and, and have a beer. And so that was kind of where we met for the first time. Uh, it was also the, the very first time I met my girlfriend, which is a very productive evening uh, on my account, I think. <laughs> um, so Andy and I got to got to meet each other for the first time. And I also met Nevin Morgan that evening for the first time. Nevin uh, is, works at Panic and uh, apparently is... Everyone seems to know this guy and and we found the, the product of that then a few months later because at the bar that evening I had expressed to Nevin just how enthusiastic I was about the city. I'd been there for two or three weeks. I was absolutely just loving being in Portland and loving the vibe and the creative community that I had been very quickly sort of thrust into and everything that was going on. And I'd mentioned that evening like I think this would be a really interesting place to run Something like what I'm doing back home with builds, um, which I'm sure we'll get to later. Yeah. Um, that uh, I, I'd love to do something here, and kind of what sort of happened over the next couple months was it turns out Andy was also expressing these kinds of interests. Ended up telling Nevin, and Nevin said you should talk to this other Andy. It sounds like he might be on his way to coming up with something quite similar. So the the next time, whenever I was back. Uh, in Portland a few months later. Andy reached out to me and said, Hey, heard on the grapevine that you might be thinking about doing something that I might be thinking about doing. Would you like to catch up? Do you want to go for a beer and we'll, um, see where we're at. So we caught up, went for a beer one evening and started the, the conversation by saying, okay, you pitch what you're working on. I'll pitch what I'm working on. If there's overlap in a good way, we'll find a way to work together and if it's if they're two very distinct things, then we'll just be clear that whenever we are planning the rest of these things independently, that we're not going we're not going to be stepping on each other's toes. And so Andy said what he was working on and I didn't have to reply. I didn't have to give my pitch because he was working on essentially exactly what I was working on as wow. well. We were both working on what ultimately became XO And so over the course of the evening, we were talking more about the ideas that we'd had and he had got a little bit further. He'd decided on a name. Um, and we, then we moved on to another bar and then there was a point in the evening, very vividly. I remember this as well, where Andy put his hand across the table and said, okay, let's do this thing together then. And we shook hands and that's how this thing, that's how this thing was born. I mean, it's, that's it's, no, it's very sweet. And, sweet uh, and you two story. guys are very,
0: I mean, you are very, very, it's clear, especially, and you know, th- for the people who didn't get to see At this, end. they didn't get to, to see you guys up on stage. Like, it's really clear the, this is like a love, it's a love fest. It really is love how, how well you guys get along and how clearly thrilling it was for you guys to work together. And that's a theme that kind of comes up on this show a lot is how important it is to not you know the fact that you guys were each—I could have seen either one of you guys create something like this. But how much better was it that you, that you
2: guys did it together? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I mean, Andy had been doing build for for several years and and had uh, had, had so many ideas about uh, about what makes a, a a big event work. And and you know, I had never done a big event before. I'd done some meetups and things like that. But uh, all I had were a bunch of opinions from just going to to events and seeing what I liked and what I didn't like, but, uh, the, the, like fusing those things together, really, we were just designing the event that we wanted to go to more than anything. And it was, that was the, was ultimately every decision went, went down to that. It was like, what do we want to see? How do like, for example, uh, we don't like panels, (laughs) you know, I solo talks are better they're just across the board. They're better. And so we didn't do any panels. We don't like audience Q and A. So we didn't do audience Q and A. We like single track, single track, Uh, single track events, you know, instead of, instead of pitting your, your friends against each other, uh, for, for an audience. No, we do a a single track where everybody has a shared experience. Like all of those things came from, uh, Andy's experience and, uh, and then just, you know, my, my personal likes and, and dislikes and, um, you know it but is, if it 's possible,
0: you know a lot of a lot of listeners to this show andy uh, are either one of you andy uh, are are developers and engineers and designers and i t folks and you know i mean a, a lot of other industries too, but you know the, they 're very familiar with the concept and i 've had like David Hannemeyer Hansen on the show before where you talk about opinionated software, you talk about opinionated. Uh, philosophies behind it. If, if it's possible that this was an opinionated conference, a uh, festival, in not in the sense of um, not in the sense of like, you're going to come in here and we're going to tell you how it is. Not that at all. It, the opposite of that. But opinionated in the sense of like, there was a feeling like it's going to go down a certain way. And you guys it was very clear that that you guys had invested so much time and energy in really trying to create an experience and you had in mind an experience going into it. And so often you go to a conference and yeah, maybe the talks are kind of related or maybe there's a theme, but at most it's a theme, you know, and it, with this, it was very much like, like you guys wanted to make a difference. And that would, I felt that in the audience anyway. I mean, was that something you, you went in with in, in mind? Like you want to, cause this is going to sound really like sentimental, but like, (laughs)
2: This thing changed my life a bit. Like it really did. That's we should have that printed on t-shirts. You can put year. that on. Your, you can <laughs> this that. Year, you can have our that. last year changed my life a bit. It just, did. It's that right. bit. It really works. That's what yeah, that puts it over the top. We we left I mean,
0: the conference and Dan, you and I were just like we were just so filled with energies and yeah, energized and we came back and we're like we can do this now and this yeah. and this and that's a great idea and it was just it was, it was so nice to come
2: away with it was funny that, that so funny because so many people sorry. were saying that on, uh, on Twitter. We got all of this this incredible press uh, afterwards and all these people were tweeting. But Andy and I, um, the day after XO, we got a call from the venue telling us that we had to get back down there first thing in the morning because uh, someone had been like going through the garbage <laughs> and had ripped all the garbage bags open. So we had to go to Fred Meyer and pick up gloves and black bags and we spent the entire morning uh jumping between reading the Verge article and the wired coverage and all of these <laughs> tweets, but also gagging as we were collecting Are you garbage. Wait, wait, wow? It,
0: why why did Putrid, this happen?
1: Feted trash.
0: That why did this happen?
1: guy had, had dumped all So the, that was your
0: responsibility food. to clean up I don't understand this. <laughs> everything, everything Well we is didn't want like, the venue. They're very hands-on,
1: Dan. Well this yeah. is this is the funny thing, is right like the entire thing is about is about uh <laughs> we haven't even talked about it. The entire theme of XOXO is is in, independence. It's about you know maintaining creative and financial control over your work. It's about independent artists of all kinds and and hackers and makers that are using the internet to make a living doing what they love. That's that's what it's about. And and the the funny thing about that is that the event itself reflected that in a meta way too, which is that you know we were you know, we were building this thing and doing it independently and using the tools that we were talking, talking about that artists were using. We used Kickstarter to fund the entire thing. We, uh, but the, but the, the, the one drawback is that, yeah, you're doing everything yourself. I mean, we did every, we did everything. And, and in that, in that venue, that, that meant like going in and building the rest, the restrooms ourselves and putting in the wifi. And, and we were, you know, we would hire, we would hire some, uh, Some people to do various bits, but yeah, you know, it's, that's, you get, you have to, you have to get your finger, you have to get your hands dirty. It's just, it goes, you know, that's just the way it goes. But I
0: don't see, I don't think that's the attitude that a lot, at so many people you see this and this is something that a lot of people remarked uh, to me at XOXO and, and subsequently, and it's something I've found myself repeating a lot, even though I'm, I'm not exactly qualified to, to make this evaluation, but that is people would say Oh, I remember the way that South by Southwest was 10 years ago when the interactive was just people who knew each other and it was maybe even longer ago than that. But, you know, many years ago and uh, again, Scott Beal of Laughing Squid was was telling me this, that it's gotten to be this insane, huge social media like explosion that where it used to be about meeting people and talking. And now it's this uncontrollable, uh, crazy tornado of activity that it's no longer even possible to m- meet the people that you'd love to meet and, and get inspired from people. And yeah, you can go to talks and be inspired, of course. But the the personal aspect of it was gone. And that XOXO was everything like that, but but better with the focus on that kind of independence with a focus on giving plenty of opportunities to meet people and and i and and we did that and, I, and i've come away from there now with people that now i talk to them every day who before this i'd either only known them a little online and never really had a conversation and now these are people that i talk to every day and that's not living i'm not i don't just mean you know the celebrities i'm not just talking about the people who are speakers i mean just people who were in the audience who you're like hey you know,
1: yeah the the attendees the attendees were I mean you said it earlier the the caliber of of people that came to this thing was absolutely absurd and I and I think part of it is attributed to the way that that it rolled out which was it was through Kickstarter and almost entirely word of mouth and sold out in two days and so nobody uh, like everybody everybody that came to this there was there was so much uh, trust you know it was a brand new thing it was uh, you know it had the name XOXO which <laughs> like kind of acts as a, as a filter for, you know, it's like cynical, snarky people are just going to attack that. They're not going to drop the money to go. Right. You know, it's, a uh, it wasn't, all,
0: but all it these- wasn't expensive. It was not expensive. Uh, relatively speaking, especially not for what we got out of it, but it was not, it was not a super expensive conference and you limited it. Was at it 400 people? Yeah, it was. And that's small for something like this. If mm-hmm. you really think about it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, my my take has been that you know I don't like to I don't like to even draw parallels between South by Southwest and Exo. They're very different beasts. But I I did used to enjoy South by Southwest Interactive too, and it used to be more about you know it was it was a uh, dominantly about uh, about creative technology and 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 my take has been that it it wasn't the size uh, necessarily that uh, uh, that killed south by southwest for me hmm. for my interests but it was a shift in focus from from being about people making things to about the business and marketing of technology which is very different yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that that's perfectly awesome it's a huge it's a huge market it's very like that you know you can have uncontrollable growth uh there and and but it's uh it's not really it's not really something that i care about um but the the I mean, you know, the intimacy thing is an interesting question. What we're doing uh, this year that's that's very different is we are, uh, and this is this is a big experiment, and uh, I think that we found uh, something that's going to work. Which is basically we, we're doing it at the same venue, so we can't we can't have more than than like four or five hundred people um, in the conference. It's just not like that's capacity for the venue. But we, have, we know that there are more than 500 incredibly creative people in art and technology. And we, would, we know that the event would be better having them involved, but we have this strict capacity issue. So what we're doing this year is we're offering um, a festival pass that basically gets you access to everything except for the talks. Mm. And so that way, you know, the hope is, is, you know, if, if it sells out, you can't make it uh, come and, and still be a part of this thing and um and go to to everything else in the festival portion last year i mean we were i think we were surprised i mean that was such a it became such a a vital part of it from the from the social events that were going on around town to to the market and arcade film music and so we're basically doubling down on that and doing uh doing even more
2: that's really exciting i, mean, I, I wasn't surprised i knew it was going to be a huge success so we not covered that already <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay, let me tell you about our first sponsor today. It's Shutterstock.com. 20, more than 20 million stock photos, vectors, illustrations, and video Howdy, you're a photographer. I am. Have you ever you know, thought about putting your stuff up on Shutterstock? Of course. I mean, if they would accept it. They probably would because <laughs> you're pretty good. They don't accept crap though. So no. just think nope. about that. But here's, <laughs> here's the thing. These guys work with independent photographers and professional. I mean, they're professional photographers, but they're all around the world. So that when you go to Shutterstock you're going to find the most amazing variety of photos, but they don't just do photos. They do tons of other things. We're talking about icons. We're talking about illustrations. We're talking about infographic templates. They even have video clips. What would you use this for? Something really cool on your website, something inside the iOS app that you're building, something for a presentation that you're going to use to get a really good client. It doesn't matter. If you need something visual, consider shutterstock they really have the best selection out there their prices are very affordable they don't upcharge you for things like the high resolution version of the image that you want they're really really great they have a dedicated account rep that they will assign to you that well they have more than one they will assign one to you who can help you find the stuff you want they have 24-hour support if you need it during the week and they have these beautiful light boxes that you can create as many as you want it's all free to organize, categorize, and arrange the images, the photos, whatever it is that you're finding so that you can share them with other people. Hattie, I'd like you to go and start working on getting some images for uh, for this project. Well, okay, I'll get on it. Okay, I'll go and do that. And now she creates a light box and then she can share that with me. And which other one people. works
2: best for what we're doing. Exactly. Yeah.
0: You can do that with the Easy iPad peasy. app that they have. It's amazing. It's all free until you decide to buy something, of course. But you can do this. You can get your inspiration by arranging these light boxes, no credit card needed. All you have to do is go to shutterstock.com. When you decide to purchase something, the code is Dan me 6 Number six. Dan sent me six. 30%. Is this right? Yep. That's right. 30% off? It Seems too high. hoo hoo Nope. Shutterstock.com. Go check them out. Dan sent me six. Think about this. Now let's talk about let's talk about build company Now you're doing this again. Uh, and it is 11th uh, to 15th of November, 2013. Correct. And this is this is a very very now it's last year's was around the same time right like mid mid November and it's in yeah. Belfast apparently.
2: It is. And are you <laughs> doing it, it there again? Yes, uh, that is where I'm calling from at this particular moment in time. It is where my apartment and all of my possessions are. So it seemed like pretty good idea to keep it, keep it nearby. No, well, I mean that, why not? Why travel? Yeah. But you're going to make, <laughs> you're going to make us
0: travel. Now I've never been to that, but you've been doing that. How many of those have you done? How many will this be this year?
2: So this will be the fifth and final. Final? Uh-huh. Yes. Are you sure? And I'm absolutely, absolutely sure. And so this is, this is something like this. You will have to uh, interject with some editorial uh, control here, perhaps, because I could very easily talk about that decision for forty-five minutes. Uh, <laughs> well, let's, let's hear
0: let's hear a few minutes of it, because I think people would be uh, would be interested to hear what it is, but then why you're why you're not doing it anymore?
2: Well, I, I, I mean, it's interesting because the the reaction whenever I tell people that it's the fifth and final year is always, "Oh, what's wrong?" or "Why." Why? Why would you stop doing something that's obviously going really quite incredibly well? And the reason why it's ending is not a bad reason. I'm not trying to jettison it, or it's not irritating me, or or it's it's you know it's not for negative reasons. I've always been a very big believer in the uh, narrative that's present to build, particularly in the conference day and kind of the sort of the editorial process that I go through with the speakers in order to tell a particular story over the course of the, of the day. And a couple years ago, I was working in this process with the speakers and they're like, why am I not applying this to everything else? Like, why does this not also apply to build? If build itself has a story to tell, you know, I need to know when that is going to end. So I, I said, okay, I'm going to do five years and I have five years to do everything I could possibly want with this thing. And that's all I get. And giving myself those parameters in which to work means that I, I have to do everything that I want to do with build in a particular time frame And it's also lent to the past couple of years in particular being, uh, I mean, they have been really, really good. Everyone. But here, so
0: here's the thing. It, I'm just playing devil's advocate here because that's what I do in this show. Okay. If it's so great, why would you stop doing it? If it sells out every year and everybody has a great time and, you know, they they pick you up and carry you around the room on your shoulders and it's this great event, like why stop doing it? Why make it a memory?
2: Why not keep it going? Well, the, the picking up and carrying on the shoulders has yet to happen. And if anyone listening is coming to build this year, I'll be totally into that. Um, particularly at the after party after a couple of beers, you are more than welcome to try to pick me up. Um, I mean, you're a, but, you're a fairly uh, robust man. <laughs> so it would take yes. several of us, but we'll, we'll make that
0: happen. We can do that at XOXO well, XO first.
2: Dump a cooler uh, Gator, Gatorade on first. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. I appreciate that. Thank you. I've actually lost uh, a little wit recently, but thanks for drawing attention to that. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I mean, the, 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 the thing is, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm scared to be honest. I'm scared of getting complacent. I'm scared of, um, becoming too reliant on build for, um, income and, and having to support myself of that. And then sort of, I'm, I'm terrified of having to sort of buckle to pressures that would begin to take away what has made build so special, like take, you know, start stripping that out of the event because that's, Build was created as a reaction. You know, I, I hate telling the story because it isn't very romantic, but Build was was quite deliberately created as a reaction to there not really being anything good um, or not anything, uh, there wasn't anything up to what I wanted to see and what a lot of my friends wanted to see going on in the in the web design community. So I went and made this thing. And part of the reason why the things that we had previously enjoyed had started to get bad was that they had got very, very big mm. and they had got commercial interests. And I don't begrudge the, the people who had to make those decisions at all, because if you hire people and you have families and you start to get older or whatever, you, you know, these pressures start to pile on. And I totally understand. But that was another thing that kind of hit me a couple of years ago was I can't be reliant on this in the long term. Like, I don't want to be doing this into my 40s because suddenly I'm going to have other concerns and I don't want Bill to have to bear the brunt of that because it's just completely incompatible with what this thing is. So that, that's part of it as well is that I don't I don't want to ruin it. I don't want to accidentally kind of stumble into destroying it. But then on the other hand, I mean, I've been doing it for five years. It's kind of longer than I've stuck at most things in my life. I also, I want to go do something scary again. I want to go and do something Mm. that makes me unsure of myself, something that, that I don't understand fully. Um, because, you know, doing this for five years, you, you you kind of start to figure out a lot of the process and, and I, I don't, it's, it's part, part of it as well has to do with growing complacent and I I don't ever want that to happen. I always want to be as scared as possible.
0: I mean, that's something that's really interesting. And when you guys talked a lot about, you know, and and the word has become very popular uh, now, but disruption and it's, you know, that was, I think, something that that was a focus for a lot of people who were talking at the the first XOXO. Being scared, though, that's something and taking risks uh, is something that, we talk about so much on this show, people will call in and they'll say, you know, I'm, I'm 33 years old. I've got a wife. We're expecting our first kid. And my job is absolutely horrible and I, and I really want to go. And usually they say, I really want to start my own business. I really want to go out on my own. I really want to try something. And I'm scared to do it. And I feel like now isn't the right time. Actually, usually it's the people in their thirties and forties who are saying, "I'm going to take this huge risk," and it's the people in their early twenties with absolutely nothing in the whole world to lose who are scared to do it. Interestingly, but it's that it's that thing of saying, "I want to try something that could that could fail." I mean, that's that's something that's really scary to do. Don't you feel either one of you to answer this? You know, and, and maybe I'll. I'll um, I'll, I'll, we can talk about the Kind of Bloop thing. That thing, did you know that you were taking a huge risk when you went and started doing that and the whole thing with the art and everything? I mean, did, was this was this a, a conscious risk, Andy, that you were taking when God, you decided to do that?
1: God, no. I thought it was a th- – that was a fun side project. I'd been working with Kickstarter for about a year and, and I, I launched kind of, the Kind of Bloop project on Kickstarter two weeks after Kickstarter launched. So it was like Kickstarter had been live for two weeks, and I, you know, I've been working with these guys, and I wanted to, to to come up with an idea to to play around with with Kickstarter, and I'd been, you know, banding about this idea to do a Chip Tune Jazz album, uh, for, for quite a while, and I was like, that's perfect. It just sounds like fun, you know. And I licensed uh, I licensed the music and and the the most natural artwork. Uh, for me, was was going to be to to get you know an eight bit representation of the of the of the album art, right? And you know, I never thought uh, that that was going to to be an issue. I never you know, and it and it well you know it also it it just it wasn't like a big financial. Pro, like there's very little money changing hands. It was like a $5,000 project and, and right. all the entire proceeds of the, of the project went to, uh, went to making the album and then split and then whatever, uh, profit from the Kickstarter project was just split five ways and given to the musicians. So no, no, that was, that was never, um, I never considered there was gonna be any, any risk there at all.
0: See, it's funny because sometimes you don't realize you're taking a risk until later.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, it's a funny thing. It's like anytime, anytime you put something out in the world, you know, there's a certain amount of, uh, uh, you know, it's like, I I mentioned this in the opening comments of the, of the, of the, of the festival. It's like it going and and making something and, and, and putting it out in the world is, is to me is an act of bravery. It's like, you, it's so easy to kind of, to be that person that just sits back and criticizes. That's like the knee-jerk contrarian, you know, the the uh, the, the snarky uh, you know response that's like you know finds one tiny thing wrong with it and says fail on Twitter or whatever. Um, but it's so it's so um, brave to go and and make something new and 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 put it out into the world and and doing that entirely on your own. <clears throat> you know, is, is so much of what the entire festival was about. Like every single person that was up there uh, talking had, had built a career on doing that.
0: Yeah. And, and that's something that's really fascinating. Again, I don't know how you lined up such amazing speakers and got them all to come in one place, but just looking at the, the list from, you know, last year, you know, I, I ha- and I, you know, our Stevens right now, he's on, he's on Twitter, you know, talking about this. This is a guy that I don't know, a dozen years, I've been reading Diesel Sweet. Is his you know his comic? This is a he, he pioneered web comics, and now he's got the, the coolest one of the coolest stores on the internet. And this is a guy who like you you and but I'm I'm picking him out of this long long list of people who they just show up and they talk and every single thing that these people were talking about up there. I'm so used to going to conferences where people are like. How you can succeed on the you know it's this kind of garbage, and this was all like people's stories of like what happened to them, and these these great inspirational things that it seems like it's so hard to draw this out of people. How did you know i mean you talk about taking a risk, how did you know that these people would live up to the expectations of Of what you have because again, what we talk about on this show is working on other people working with other people, relying on other people, taking the risk to to say, Yeah, you you and me, hey, let's start a new business together. Reaching your hand across the table and saying, Let's do this thing together. That's a risk too.
1: Uh, We had we had no idea if they were gonna be good or not. All we could do is just get the people that we thought had had, uh, that were interesting and had had interesting stories And, and my guidance to them. And several of them had never done talks before yeah. at all. Like Julia Noons, uh, singer-songwriter, kind of built her career on uh, originally on YouTube and has done, th- I think, three or four uh, self-released albums yeah. to, to kind of great success. And she's toured with, with Ben Folds and Ben Queller. She was on Conan O'Brien's show. She built built her, her her career doing this, but she'd never really done like a a talk. And so she was very nervous. We, we met in, uh, in Brooklyn for the first time where she lives and, and just like sat down over lunch and, and, uh, you know, she's, she had no idea, like she'd never used, you know, keynote or PowerPoint, like didn't know how to do slides, didn't, have, didn't know any of that stuff. But, I I basically, I just told her, you know, you are a superhero. You are yeah. a modern day superhero. Tell your origin story, tell the story of how, of what you, of what you, you know, you did to get to get started. And, you know, this isn't about, it's not about like uh, a transfer of practical knowledge. This isn't, these aren't workshops. This isn't like, you know, how to craft your Kickstarter rewards or like, here's how to get, you know, people to follow you on Twitter or some, some nonsense like that. It's not, it's about, it's about people just talking about who they are and what they've, and what they've done. And, and the end result is that, you know, if we've, if we've done things right, then it kind of coalesces into, into something meaningful at the end of a, at the end of those two days. Okay, Andy McMillan how
0: how do you why do you think that you start so you start this build comp? You don't know if anybody's going to go to it. No, most people in the U.S. haven't even heard of uh, Belfast. They don't know what that means. It's true. It's <laughs> we true. We can get into that a little if you want. Yeah, let's want get into face. that. Let's talk <laughs> about that because you know where I'm, you know you already know where I'm going with this. So yeah, let's let's talk about this.
2: Um, I I mean. XO, XO, I guess XO was a little different because um, we did, you know, we were talking to each other the night before launching the Kickstarter project and uh, t- basically like talking each other out of launching this thing. Like, oh, is do you think people are going to come or do you think people are going to understand what we meant by you know this particular paragraph of copy? And do you, have we got enough of the schedule? And we were like really, um, we 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 didn't feel um, or we didn't know that there was like this audience sitting waiting for this thing to happen and two days later all the tickets would be gone build was maybe a little bit different because i have been involved in the design community here in in belfast uh for a few years beforehand i've been running meetups and, and stuff for a few years i've been running bar camps and different things um i've been going to a lot of events and i kind of seen this growing frustration and then i did kind of have an idea that when i decided to to do build, that, I knew that there were at least a handful of people who um, were just as frustrated as I was and that they wanted to see this thing come along. Certainly what I didn't anticipate was that it would grow to the point that last year it sold out in 27 minutes and people are traveling from all over the world to this thing and it's got this pretty incredible and rather intimidating um, reputation at this point. Um, That's terrifying. It's a good kind of terrifying. But uh, yeah, Exo Exo was a... was somewhat different because we, um, we knew that there was this kind of bubbling interest in, in, uh, independence and what was going on with, uh, like all of the people telling their stories, particularly on the first day of, um, particularly like Kickstarter success stories and, and, uh, you know, independently produced, uh, video games and the kind of, hardware movement and indie films and uh like we had an idea that there was an interest in this and we had uh an inter uh, we had a kind of a grasp in the frustration that was going on with other events but it was completely unprecedented the reaction that it was that it was met with it's still the it's far
1: and away the biggest event that's been funded on on kickstarter was one hundred seventy five thousand (laughs) dollars. you know Uh, I mean, it, yeah, it was, and that was amazing. It just felt like everyone like watched the video and they just understood, like they knew they could, they could see, they could feel, uh, what this thing was, was going to be or, or, you know, what we, what we wanted it to be. And you know, I, I've described it as like a consensual hallucination, Everybody <laughs> just sort of like, they could sort of see into the future and they're like, yeah, that, that's something I want, I want to exist in the world you know, and that's very much like the Kickstarter ethos too, is like, you know, people are like, you know, you're, you're, people are putting an idea out, you know, they're doing, they're doing uh, the kind of due diligence to figure out how to make that happen. And, and there's no question that, I mean, Kickstarter is extremely influential in, in, in putting this, this thing on because it's tackled, uh, it's tackled, I, I think probably the hardest of the, the four things that, that publishers and VCs and all of these, like, uh, um, these, you know, old, um, uh, gatekeepers had, had provided in the past, which was, which was the upfront funding. I mean, everything else like that, that a, that a publisher does, whether it's a record label or, you know, a film studio or comic book publisher or video game, video game publisher, whatever they are, they're doing primarily, uh, four things, right. They're doing, they're doing the upfront, uh, funding of a work they're helping you with production they are uh, handling a lot of marketing and then they're doing distribution and so the other three like the, the 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 last three of those the the production the marketing and distribution ever since like i mean the internet has like made that it's incredibly easy to do uh digital distribution made made you know So much of physical distribution kind of moot, uh, you know, social media kind of replaced the, the, the marketing aspect, you know, of having to have like radio and TV, you know, promotion and so on and, and production, everybody just does everything themselves. The the tools are, are widely available. Uh, but it was the, it was that upfront funding. And so you still, you would still have like bands have to go to a label to, to, you know, pay to get their advance same thing with like book publishers. You want to, you want to do a book. It's like, it's not easy to go take, you know, six months or however long to go, to go write a book and so you needed that advance uh, and and in exchange for that that uh them swallowing that risk for a book publisher or label or anybody else to swallow that risk they would take uh they would take ownership of the work you know to to a certain extent they'd take exclusive uh, distribution they'd take creative and financial control they do all of these like you know horrible things that artists didn't want to give up but they would do that because they wanted to get their art made and they wanted to get it out in the world and the, the funny thing is that in planning this We knew that a lot of the people coming were going to be from the tech world. It's just like, it's who we know. And, and, you know, artists don't have, you know, the, that kind of a lot of like, like a, a web comics artist doesn't have that kind of money to go drop on a, on a conference. We knew that a lot of the people coming were going to be from tech. Uh, and so my expectation was that they would be learning. The hope was that those people that were coming that were, that were primarily from the, from the tech side of things would be, would be getting a lot out of the. You know, hearing from art, all of these artists and, and, and makers and hackers that had done this and, and would and would learn from them. What I didn't expect is that, uh, is that you know the 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 artists and 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 uh, I mean, it just ended up being symbiotic. The technolo- like the, the all of the all of the geeks learned a lot from the artists. The artists learned a lot from the a lot from the geeks. Uh, too, which is just like, there's so many, there's so many parallels a- across this. You have, you have like a, uh, a programmer that's working at, uh, at some, uh, you know, some big, uh, company and they want to, like, they have an idea and they want to go independent and, you know, they, they're, they're looking at their, at their options. And they're like, you know, it's like, should I be, should I take funding? Should I do, right. you know, and there's, uh, you end up making a lot of the same, uh, sacrifices that artists have done historically to do that. So just, a uh, like we knew that there was a lot of things that could be learned, not just within the dis- different disciplines of of art, like filmmakers learning from comics, learning from video games and so on, but, but, uh, but to technology too.
0: You know, here's something that just hearing you both talk about this and having this great feeling about it so many times, I think there's two, just reaching back to your comment uh, before about Uh, to the other Andy's comment before about trying something that makes you feel scared. You know, I think there's two aspects to that. There's the fear of failure and then something people don't talk about as much is actually fear of success. And it's funny because the, the fear that's plagued me in my life and my career was rarely the fear of failure because I usually would come into it the kind of positive feeling that you guys are having. And it, several times I was lucky to have the thing – a few times it actually worked. But the fear of success is something else in that – and I think uh, I think you both have touched on this, which is once something like this starts, like, oh my god, now we have to do this thing. Was that there for you guys or was that just the fun, thrilling part? Because for a lot of people, I think they have this dream of, oh, I'm going to make this awesome thing. It's going to be really great. I'm going to have fun. And then all of a sudden you you start it and it becomes a real thing. And you're like, oh, crap. Now yeah. I, now I, I mean, have any- to make sure this is as awesome as we promised all these people it was going to be.
1: I think any time that you build a community, uh, you, you start uh, – like you're initiating a relationship and there's a responsibility there. Um, and I, I don't think a lot of, uh, I mean, you can see that, that a lot of startups that just, you know, close without warning and, and, and whatever, they don't take that, they don't take that, uh, responsibility very seriously. Um, but, but I, you know, I look at, I look at what we've done with XOXO and I think it's a, it's a similar thing. Like the, by the end of the, of the festival, it was absurd. I mean, like you, you remember the closing party at, mm-hmm. uh, uh, at Union Pine, and, and people just like spilling into the streets and the feeling, the feeling there was just so euphoric. And, and we had just so many people coming to us saying that this, I mean, I didn't expect this. Maybe I expected it. I didn't, I did not expect the outpouring of emotion that came, that came there. And, you know, people saying that this is, this is the best event that they'd ever been to. This was like, they'd been touched in some way. Like they'd been, you said, you know, change your life. Like, Glenn, Glenn, Fleischman, who we just uh, talked to, uh, on his podcast, New Disruptors, mm-hmm. he was like, you know, he's, he basically dropped everything that he was doing and, and changed his entire life as, as a result. And he's not the only one. Right. And so when you, when you have that sort of, uh, relationship, that sort of community, it does, it does create a, a, a kind of responsibility to, to not, um, to not abandon them. But we never, like, we, we did not know if this was going to be a recurring thing when we started. It, we thought, you know, it could just be a one-time event. But we had, um, we had so many people saying that, like, you know, if you don't do it again, <laughs> they're basically threatening us. Threatening. Like, if you don't
2: do it again, there's going to be a serious problem, you know. Um, and well, we so- deliberately kept putting that conversation off. We kept saying, like, yep, if this goes well, should we, should we consider maybe thinking about, you know, next year? And we were like, no, no, let's just get one done, one thing, and then we'll figure out what we're going to do after that. And then we received a lot of threats at the after party, essentially saying if we didn't, you know, we didn't really have any choice. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it kind of um, that's how it came about. Yeah, we're definitely doing another one, although I couldn't possibly say when we'll have any more information. Who who knows about that? You know, all
1: we have We have a notification list up on the site right now, and it would let's just say that it would be wise if you're interested in
2: going to maybe put your email in there Like right you now it could be well, might, we could be announcing something tomorrow morning for all people know for all you know who, you get, for all you know, who knows it could be tomorrow morning huh hmm. I have don't know what the precedent would be for that assumption, but I just I agree with Andy that if you were interested. Uh, now it would be a good time to put your email address into an input field and hit return.
0: <laughs> so I definitely want to go to this and now I'm a little bit nervous.
1: Yeah, I'm nervous. Too.
0: Do people who went last year do we get, you know, a little like advanced thing? We, you know, or or is it just a free for all again and we're all all in this together?
1: It uh <laughs> I'm this just curious. I mean, I'm it's just a asking. Very challenging, as you can imagine, this has been the most challenging part of planning uh, this new event. Because already, like last year, it sold out in two days. And then you have all the press coverage from, from The Verge and from Wired and, and New York Times. Two New York Times articles wow. and, uh, and, and you know, big Right, you know, feature in on on boing boing and like people, t- all these people talking about it. So many blog posts that uh, the the notification list is is absurd. There's intense demand, and so partly this is why you know we we added the festival passes to help uh, you know um, ease some of that demand. But of course, you know, we cannot we cannot accommodate uh, everybody. And at the same time, it's like the the first year those attendees are are, ma- are what made. Uh, that event works so well. And we want to, we want to balance that with, with also bringing new voices and, mm-hmm. new, and new people. You don't want it to become this insular, you know, like summer camp for the same 500 people every year. Um, right. Because, it, but here's the thing, as somebody who went last year, I'm
0: like, well oh, I mean, I got, I got to go, I got to go this year. But the, the flip side of this is in a way, you're kind of saying, well, I want to make sure that there's room for new people. You don't want... Not just same people every year. Right. You know, whenever you, whenever you hear from people who, like, they grew up in a small town, they're like, oh, I went to school with the same people from... Kindergarten,
2: yeah, kindergarten through high through school. Yeah, kindergarten through high school.
0: And you know what? That's sweet. That's really sweet. And, like, you get this amazing... I, don't, I didn't have that. We moved every few years. I don't, I don't you know, even remember the schools I went to. But there's something really special about that. But at the same time, you want that new blood. You need to have the the freshmen coming in. You need to have the people who haven't been to it before. And that's why I think it w- wasn't it like food camp where they would never invite you. You could never go. It was an invite only, and you could never go twice or something like that. You're not in- implementing something hostile like that. No, right?
1: there's no, there's all yeah. I mean, so food camp is entirely invite only. We absolutely didn't want to do that for the same reasons. It ends up being you know kind of a uh, kind of insular. Yeah. Uh, it, something like. Something like TED is is uh, the same thing, where it's like you have to get an invite from an existing person plus pay whatever it is fourteen thousand dollars or whatever it's up to now. Right. All all that uh, you know, all that I'm really, let's just say that uh, we that XOXO is first and foremost, it is for people that make. It is for and that's you find that really broadly, right? It's that's artists of all kinds plus coders and makers and designers and, and hackers and founders too. Um, and then it's, if you are one of those people and you are, uh, you are quick on the draw, then you are, uh, very likely to, um, to be able to make it in. We're, we're going to be effectively prioritizing those, those people above, uh, above everybody else because it needs to, uh, that's what makes EXO so great is, is that it is those, those people that are, like you said, the, the, the first year attendees, uh, we could have done three or four more festivals just cold from, from them and put them all, uh, up on stage easily. Um, and so, yeah, that's, you know, that's what we're doing. We're prioritizing the, uh, uh people who make, uh, and giving, you know, giving them first, uh, uh first dibs on, on passes.
0: So that's very cool. And I think that there's something about it. People just need to understand what this is like. You know, you can go and you can hear these people talking. And then there's this festival that's happening constantly the whole time. I mean, uh, you can go and you can see everything from amazing crafts and artwork. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really great. And you can buy this stuff if you want. Like, it's right there. How many... How many uh, things did we bring back, Hattie? Do you remember? Oh my gosh. I actually just pulled out one of the uh, one of the pieces of art that I bought there today. Yeah. I'm still planning to frame it. And- I mean it's so cool. And and, and then you can there's yeah, last year there was three D printers or all kinds of I cool. Mean, oh yeah, so my three cool. D bracelet I got. And listen, the one thing so I cool. want, i want the food trucks are amazing. Oh, Salt and Straw. Don't even get me oh started. Don't even.
1: <laughs>
0: I've been on their website like once a week, every week listen, since then. <laughs> you know, we've got, we've can got. I can say, can yeah.
1: I say, salt and Straw this month, they introduced six new seasonal flavors just for the month. They partnered with local breweries oh my and made effectively ice cream, beer pairing flavors. So they have oh, wow. an oak aged cherry stout that was aged in the, in the, <laughs> the, the oak they're aged so
2: cool. stout
1: barrels that, that Hair the Dog uses for their, for their beers. I mean, it's like they are over the top, absurdly insanely great. And we hope, to, we hope to have them back. Our second sponsor, if I may, is Squarespace.com.
0: Oh man, they have got some cool stuff happening on there. Oh, Did you see this new stuff oh, that they're doing now? Oh, Oh, I saw, it. Oh, if you, I go saw to, it. you gotta go to, listen, Go to squarespace.com. They have the coolest new page up there. It's create your own space. And down on the bottom, uh, there's this little thing that says Anthem. Watch the ad. Watch that. Seriously, mo- do it. This is badass. This, this is, is so cool. cool. You even get to hear little Ryan. Is that him at the end of it? That's anime? him. I asked that him. That is uh-huh. him at the end of it? Okay. So you go and you look at it and it shows you, I mean, you can do so much with Squarespace because I'm done, Hattie, I'm done building websites. I'm over it. I'm seriously, I'm not doing it. I won't do it again. I'm not doing it anymore People are gonna because ask these you, guys are you build And do you build websites? Do you build web- no, no I, don't. I don't. I use Squarespace. I build Squarespace. They're going to have to run with this because this is a good campaign idea yeah. for them. I'm an idea guy. Uh, but here's what they offer you everything is drag and drop. You add content from your desktop. You can even arrange elements in the page just by dragging and dropping stuff. They got 24 7 support. And they're really focused on responsive design so that the site that you make by dragging and dropping is going to look beautiful on iOS. It's going to look beautiful on Android. Of course, it's going to look beautiful in a regular browser, too. They have commerce so that you can sell stuff. What don't they have? Nothing. So go check these guys out. Squarespace.com. Eight bucks a month for something you don't have to host. You don't have to design. You make it look like your own thing. Just by dragging a few sliders, changing the colors. It's really, really amazing. They take care of the SEO. They make sure your site is going to look good everywhere. But you want help? 24 hours a day, seven days a week, they got support. Eight bucks a month is what this starts out. How do you get that? Well, you get to get 10% off using the code STOOGE6, S-T-O-O-G-E, number six, over at squarespace.com. Try it out. Just go try it. You're gonna like it. I wouldn't complain if you had more food
1: trucks. I'm
0: just saying. Well, that's the
1: that's the. I mean, we're we're going we're going bigger. All everything right. everything is is because uh, they were
0: good, and I tried them all, and and I, I'm just saying, you guys have a really good food truck culture there. We've got a good one here in Austin, but Austin and Portland are like sister cities. How is it? Uh, how did that the that they described it? Austin, Austin is like, and, po- oh yeah, Portland in an oven, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think, no, I think that's accurate. There's a lot of things in common with these. And and it just, it was so fun because here's another thing you guys did. You didn't have, a lot of the time you go to a conference or you go to something and it's just like, it's one thing and you're in one place and you find that like the furthest you go is like a block or two from the hotel that you're in. And yeah, hey, there's nothing wrong with that. But the way that you guys set it up is it was almost like, please explore the city. You know, you had things that, that took you away from just, oh, I'm in this one hotel. It, it, it took you away from it. And it
1: was really, really great. I mean, it was, re, it, re, because Portland is a really cool city. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've had people ask about, oh, hey, can you, why don't you do XOXO East or something? And I'm like, you don't understand. <laughs> uh, it is as much about Portland uh, as, as, I mean, like, it's such a, it's so much of the character of the, of the entire festival and like the venue that we chose, which is the, it's the Yale union, YU contemporary, uh, this, this beautiful old brick, uh, two story brick building. Uh, that was a former industrial laundry located in Southeast Portland. And that was a very, it's a, it's a very raw space. We, it would have been so much easier for us to do it at the convention center. Uh, right. Where, you could have picked a place it's like, that would it's have, like pro- every other convention center. And it's like the Austin convention center. It's like right. every convention center. <laughs> and it's in a, it's in a, Unlike the Austin one, it's not in a very good part of ta- part of town. There's at least there's stuff around, you know. There's tons of stuff near the Austin Convention Center. There's nothing interesting near the Portland Convention Center. Yeah. And and yeah, we would have, if we had done that, we wouldn't have had to put in our own Wi-Fi and build stages and do audio and put in bathrooms and like all these things that we that we did. But it it was worth it because it had character. It had soul. You know. It just it and again, this is what people need to get about.
0: And I think this – and here's how I'm going to tie all this back together is there's so much caring involved in this kind of thing. And it's not just like, well, if you're going to do it, you're going to do it right. No. I mean you guys sweated the details. And whenever you look at somebody's – whenever you you see something that's successful – and of course everybody here is going to draw analogies to things like Apple and Johnny Ive and his work there. Uh, you know, and and again, a mutual friend of ours, Dan Cederholm whose, whose designs are just the, the detail and the time that he would invest in, he wouldn't just do when he, and this is something that that always struck me about him when he was giving a talk or something, he wouldn't just have slides. He would create a website to go along with his talk to demonstrate all these things that he was talking about. And you think about, well, of course he would do that. Why would you not do that? People don't always do that. You know, it's that attention to detail. It's the attention to the craft. And in in such a tangible way, you know, you guys put yourselves into this and paid so much attention to this. It, every single detail, the fact that you would go and say, well, here's a really cool building. This building means something to Portland. We're going to do it here, <laughs> even though it's not set up for it. We'll make it. We'll make it the way it needs to be for this because we want it to be and we want we want the stuff that we're doing to mean something. And this is something that I feel like is missing from so many people's lives, especially, you know, m- much of my career and many people who I think are listening to this. How can and here's where you guys get to give advice. How do you guys feel people who are listening who may, you know whether they can whether they can go or not? How can they take some inspiration from you guys and, and, and turn it around and say, yeah, this is, this is the kind of thing that I want to do to, to my, with my job or my startup or my thing that I'm working on or my pet project or the thing that I want to do full-time. I mean, how do they take away that lesson? I mean, if they, especially if they can't go this year.
2: I would say probably what, what we did, um, or what I think that I brought over from build is that for the past five years, I have been very selfish in how I organize build. Build is basically a week for me. It's all of the films I want to see. It's all of it's Like Tycho played music last year. I absolutely love Tycho. Mm-hmm. All of the speakers are people that I want to see. And that kind of, that makes it very easy for you to get, uh, it makes it very easy for you to make a passionate argument about getting other people to come and join you. I think that's something that Andy and I did with XO as well, was that we booked the thing that we wanted to go to, first and foremost. We uh, Everything that happened last year was stuff that we were both totally into. And even if no one else had shown up, mm-hmm. we would have still had an absolute blast. And I think if, there, if, if if there's a lesson to be taken away from that, it is that um, doing things selfishly, doing things that, that you want to see in the world and that you want to exist for yourself. And even if no one else is really particularly interested in them, that's not really, that's not really a concern at the beginning, but I mean, you got, you guys know from, from presenting the show for quite some time that those are the success stories. It's when you are scratching a, a personal itch or when you're, you know, making something for yourself. And it just so happens that then a whole bunch of people are interested in it as well. And then it spirals to become this thing. That seems to be this kind of finding principle mm-hmm. behind things that are successful is that if it's something that you are into independent of other people, if it's something that you can get passionate about totally on your own, then you're definitely heading in the right direction hmm.
0: I think yeah. people really respond to that you know they see something that you truly truly care about, and you know they like that it's genuine, and people can yeah. sense that
1: i mean if you're some if you're some like you know big v c funded you know entrepreneur you have to think about things like you know market fit and 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 all that stuff if you're on your own you have so little you have so limited time while you are here you know make make something that you uh that you want to exist and that you want you want for yourself or you make it make it for you and your friends and if you do that then even if it uh you know even if the uh, if it doesn't become a big uh, uh financial success you've at least that time isn't isn't wasted you made something that you that you love and you wanted to exist in the world, and maybe, maybe in some cases, you know, it's like it ends up it ends up uh, uh, inspiring others to to go improve on the idea, and you know, you've you've then uh, you know helped uh, help make the make the world better in some tangible way. And you know, there's
0: nothing pretentious about that. There's people who will say, oh, "You're not going to change the world, right?" So why even try
1: then? Yeah, well, that's like I said. Why I mean, even bother? Like, why do so anything?
0: Much, why go? Why get out of bed?
1: And I hate that like i hate that like mindset so much and it is so that there's like this hugely vocal contingent of people online that just like it's the internet comment commenter culture Mm -hmm. right (laughs) it just drives me nuts it's just it drives me nuts because it's like do something do something more be be more than that you it's like but it's just so easy it's so easy to like find points of criticism and just uh um, you know I don't know, and it's fortunately the the people that can come to this thing uh are not like that at all, and they they just they don't even they're turned off from a, of every aspect of it it's just it you know it's too sincere for them their their brains implode they shut down
0: <laughs> but that's that this is the funny thing is is people will look at both of you guys. And they'll say, wow, you guys have, you know, you, 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 people know who you are. You've got a history of successes and failures, I'm sure too, but you've got a history of successes. So it's that, it's the, you know, if you listen to this show or back to work, it's the, that fine, that's fine for Merlin concept, which is sure you can go and do something like this because everybody knows who you are and they're going to, but that's, there was, you guys still had a first project, didn't you? I mean, you haven't, you didn't just wake up one day and everyone knew who you were. You went out and did something and you went out and made something and nobody knew who you were. It's not too late for people to do that, is it? The internet's not uh, too big of a place to get noticed.
1: God, no. In fact, like, I don't know. Like I'm always, I've been running uh, Waxy.org for over 10 years and I'm always like looking for interesting things to to link to. It was like probably the, I mean, it's. I don't, I don't write as much as I used to, but, but a lot of people still kind of follow my link blog and the things that I'm, that I'm interested, like new projects, there's never enough. Like there's never, uh, there, there's always, uh, uh, the infinite amount of, amount of room. The, the, the net is so impossibly huge. It represents, uh, you know, encompasses all possible interests. The, the, the key thing is just like when you put something out to find those people and get them, you know, get them to, uh, it's like Dan Harmon from, from community was, a uh, was our, our, one of our keynote speakers last year. We had Adam Savage and a bunch of the, the lineup was awesome, but, but Dan Harmon's talk was so great. one of the, one of the things he said was, you know, we like the, this kind of like geeky artist crowd, like the creative technologists and, and, and all these people are in such an amazing position to, to change things. And he's like, when you make something, what did he say? Andy it was like, you know, it's like shout it from the rooftops and 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 make them find you. And you know, it's like uh, I don't know. There's no, there's there's infinite uh, uh, possibilities. You know, just uh, you just have to be brave enough to to put something out.
0: Again, we're back to the bravery thing. I think that's a, a really good place to end. Uh, thanks, guys, for being here. Where can they go, Andy McMillan? Where can people go to find out? You know, to follow you. And by the way, Andy will not – McMillan will not follow you on Twitter. He has uh, these rules. It's complicated.
2: (laughs) I cannot believe you remember that. If you want to interview me separately uh, about my rules, we want to do a 45-minute show about the importance of having rules for social networks. Yeah,
0: he has this set of rules. So we're sitting there. What was uh, the bar that we were sitting in? in,
2: uh, We went to Apex. I think that was the night that we went to Apex. We were
0: sitting outside on the benches, a lovely, lovely evening, and uh, I said, listen. I said we've been friends for a while. This is the first time we met in person, but we've been friends for a while. I, well, what does it take to get you to follow me on Twitter? Not like I'm troll, you know, trolling you or trying to get followers. You know, like as I walk around Portland, like follow me on Twitter. But it, like we're friends, and you're like, no, I won't do it. I'm like, what do you mean you won't do it? And like, well, I have a rules. So there are 18 qualifications that it takes, and I only, <laughs> well, I only on, accept let... one person per you know quarter. It was really weird. It was really strange. Finally, so, I, I guess I convinced you to do it.
2: I told, no, I told you the rules that evening. I said that I have, I have two rules for Twitter. I just have a bunch of rules for Facebook until I get rid of it. And I now have rules for RDO. I'm bringing this over to as many networks as possible. But my two rules for Twitter are, I never follow more than 250 people. And the people that I follow, I, I only follow people. I don't follow bands or companies or projects, um, unless they're my own. Um, I, I only follow people and I only follow people if I can hear them read their tweets in their own voice, which is my way of saying (laughs) I have to have at least, I have to have met them or spoke to them on the phone. So when they, when they are reading or when I'm reading what they're saying, I have to be able to hear it in their voice. I need to know them well enough that I can at least hear their voice. And it works because Twitter is incredibly useful. I went from a point of following eight or 900 people just indiscriminately and now it's useful again. When I check it, almost all the time there's something interesting going on and it's because I applied these rules and then I did the same thing with audio and it's actually panning out pretty fantastically but like I said you that's a that's a little teaser you can bring me on separately to talk about that because I could talk about that for another <laughs> so so fa- people <laughs>
0: if people want to follow you and not not ever be followed back
2: yes on Twitter unless they come to XO and meet me because I, I have to hear their voice. They can come up to me at XO and go, here's what my voice sounds like. Would you follow me back? <laughs> I will. That's okay. fine. All right. That's cool. Well, you heard um, it here
0: first. Well, you are Andy McMillan uh, on Twitter. And uh, people can also go to, uh, and this will all be in the show notes at 5by5.tv slash quit slash 28. They can also go to buildconf.com, which <laughs> will redirect to 2013.buildconf.com where you can enter your email to sign up. Is there anywhere else they should go to find out about you, Andy?
2: Um, Goodonpaper.com is my site that actually has something on it for a change. That's links to what I'm working on at the moment. I also publish a series of books called The Manual, which is always readthemanual.com, but mostly Twitter and the build site and the manual site is where I am to be found hanging out on the internet.
0: (laughs) All right, got those in the show notes. Other Andy, Waxy.org. Everybody should know Waxy. This should be required how do you? There people who don't read this. I'm serious. I don't know. He doesn't post like too much. It's not high bandwidth. He's got the link blog where he posts stuff on on in the side. Is this still the best place to go for you?
1: Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And ten Twitter, years, uh, ten years on, strong. On Twitter, I'm Wax Pancake. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I I I've <laughs> been I've been Wax Pancake for, for. It's so funny because I I've seen friends of mine sort of finally. Like uh, like Andy was good on paper, yeah. On Twitter, and I was like, he's he's all grown up. He's like, oh, I'm Andy McMillan now. My Fred, name, Fred, Fred Benenson from Kickstarter was was McCredis, and like, oh, now I'm Fred Benenson. Like, yeah, I have I have <laughs> I have Andy Baio on I like I own Andy Bayo on on Twitter, but no, I'm wax pancake. It's fine. Like it, to me, I love it. It's sort of like it's a throwback to BBS culture. That's what it reminds me of. Well, I feel like, like people right. remember it better.
0: I mean, I know it's your name, but, but it's, you, know, you know what? It's memorable. Like, Andy, is what I'm you
1: say, to say Andy Bayo. Mine's Hattie
0: Bird, and I kept that. And I also have Hattie Cook. Too. I know, but I've given you a hard time about it. You I say, know, but I'm you not say Andy Bayo, and you're like, okay, that's the guy's name. But when you say wax pancake, like, it's funny, you <laughs> know? And it makes it, it's memorable in a way. I like it. In yeah. my mind, that equals you, yeah. you know? So. Yeah,
2: we're waxy. Well, I was, uh, I was good on paper before, and Andy's still wax pancake, and then I joked that uh, if we ever st- like formally started a company together, we would have to call it Wax Paper. And then Aww. it was at that point. Oh, <laughs> that's so cute. <laughs> I just that's
0: fantastic.
2: Please I just do start. that.
0: Please do it. <laughs> All right. And, and so, again, uh, for anybody who's interested in this thing, uh, it, it is the best place to go for this. Also in the show notes, XOXO Fest, which we'll properly redirect to 2013.XOXOFest.com. This is September 19th to 22nd in portland i'm it's
1: also uh, xoxo on twitter oh nice so definitely you know any announcements we will we'll put on twitter nice well
0: i'm
1: sure syracuse
0: already has this pearl script ready to you know check the site for updates uh anyway everybody should go check this out i'm really glad that you guys were able to come on the show and uh and be here today thanks very much and uh, look forward to seeing you in september <laughs>